Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Luke chapter 12, it's going to serve as the basis for our sermon message this morning. Our sermon text itself is Luke chapter 12, verses 42 and following, but it's important to know the whole context that Jesus is sharing this sermon message with his followers, his disciples, the crowds that were gathered around him. So our reading right now will begin at verse 31. We stand out of respect and honor for the words and work of Jesus. Luke chapter 12. Jesus said, but seek his kingdom And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fade, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master has taken a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour, he is not aware. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. For from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. 
What is expected of you as the recipient of a gift? Now, on one hand, not much. Not much is expected of you because after all, think of it, a love given freely, a love, a gift given unconditionally by a loved one, they don't expect anything in return. There's nothing demanded of you, the recipient of a gift. And yet you probably have expectations for yourself. An expectation that you're gonna show appreciation to the loved one who showed their care and kindness. You probably have the expectation that if you're given a gift, you're gonna cherish it. You're gonna use it if that's what the gift is for. So in another sense, to whom much is given, there is much expected. But now compare a gift given to a trust given. Someone has entrusted to you something precious, something important because they love you and trust you. Imagine this hypothetical scenario. My wife and I are called to something urgent and to something important. So I ring you up, I call you, and I say, hey friend, here's the situation. Can you please help us out in this moment and care for my children? We say, yeah, of course. And then you ask, well, how long are you gonna be gone? I say, I, I don't know. But can you please care for my children while I'm gone? If someone entrusts something to you, what's expected? Much. After all, imagine that hypothetical scenario. I have just placed into your hands my very heart, my sons, my daughter. I have just entrusted you with the one thing of all the things that I call mine, that which is most precious. People of, of infinite worth. What's expected of someone who's giving a, given a trust much. And that is the point of Jesus' parable. He said these words at the end of the parable, rather two parables, series of parables that we just read. He said, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Think about it. A gift given, much is expected. Much is demanded. But if someone gives you a trust, something that is theirs and is very precious to them and not yours, much more will be asked. That's the point of Jesus' parable. Friends, you and I have been given much. We have been given the greatest gift there is by our heavenly father. He has given you his one and only son. He has given you his full and free forgiveness, his unconditional gift of grace. He has given you everlasting life with him in heaven. He has given you a life here and now and a life in heaven that is full, that is abundant. He has given you hope. He has given you joy. He has given you peace. He has given you the keys to his kingdom. But he's also entrusted you with much. 
This morning, we're talking about the mission and the ministry of the way. So let's be very specific in our applications about what the Lord has entrusted to us. Think about our ministry. He has entrusted us with places. He has entrusted us with the community that we live in and get to minister to. He has said, this community, this place, here and now, I want you to feed this place with my eternal words, with the bread of life. On top of that, he has given us a place, a facility within this place, a community in which we get to do ministry. And this isn't just any old place. This is a place we happen to be pretty excited about because we feel as though it is in prime position, poised to be a light of the gospel to this community. But besides those places, outside of any place that can be defined by a border or bricks and mortar, He's given us this place, this place right here, a community of Christians that are connected to one another through Christ, to whom much is entrusted, much more will be asked. He's given us places, but he's also given us plans. And I'm talking about the plan, first of all, the plan to make disciples through the means of grace, the proclamation of his word, his sacraments. But I'm also talking about money. He's given us financial resources to carry out that mission. He's given that to each of us as individuals. And under God's grace and motivated by the spirit, you have generously given to your church. So now our church has money. And God says to you, I'm entrusting you with my money. And I'm entrusting you with my money so that you make plans to be faithful and wide with how you will steward those plans so that my money is used to proclaim my word so that my spirit goes out and that my son lives in more people's hearts through faith. To whom much has been entrusted, much more will be asked. but it's not really about buildings and it's never been about money. Why do those things even get mentioned? Well, they mentioned because they're important and God's word talks a lot about those things, but they're mentioned only because they're used to care for people. People that God has entrusted to each and every one of you. I'm talking about the people who are not here yet or now. I'm talking about you people, you people who called and enlightened by the Holy Spirit have come here and rooted and established in Christ's love will have put down roots. You have made this your church home. And it is these people, it is you people, it is us that God has not just like given to the church in a vacuum. No, 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 no. He has given us people with gifts and talents and abilities. And these people who are unique and varied and vast in all that they bring to the table, God says these gifts too, I'm entrusting to you. Think about that. The one thing that Christ Jesus went to the cross for and had his hands nailed for, he has now placed into your hands, people, souls. 
to whom much has been entrusted, much more will be asked. So now here's the question. Who is the faithful and wise steward or the manager of these these trusts? Will you be faithful and wise Will we, will the way church be faithful and wise with with these places, with these plans, with these people? It has to be mentioned that that Peter asked a question to set Jesus off on this parable. He said, hey, is this kind of for everybody? Is this just for church leaders? And Jesus doesn't even dignify his question with a direct response. No, he goes on to tell a parable because the reality is if you have been called out of darkness into the wonderful light of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, and you do, you are in fact called to be a faithful and wise steward of all of the things that God has given you. And this is a sermon for another day, but here's a little secret. Everything that you have has been entrusted to you by the master, your Lord and savior, Christ Jesus. But now we're talking specifically today about this ministry, these places, these plans, and these people. Will you be a faithful and wise steward of these things. Because you heard, you heard what happens to someone who thinks it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal what I do. Jesus said, but suppose the servant says to himself, my master's taking a long time in coming. And he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. In other words, he does whatever he feels like. He does whatever he wants with no regard for the trust that's been given to him. What happens to this servant? Christ couldn't be more clear. The master of that servant will come on the day when he does not expect and at an hour when he is not aware, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. To whom much has been entrusted, much will be asked. The point of this parable could not be more clear. You have been entrusted with much. Therefore, there is much asked of you. So be faithful and wise. The point of this parable couldn't be more clear. But is the motivation clear? Is your motivation for why you should be a faithful and wise steward, is is that clear? I mean, you read the words that we just read, especially these last ones, and you think, well, what's the motivation? It's fear. Like, of course, God's given me ministry. He's given me gifts. He's given me financial gifts. He's given me time and energy. And so, yeah, I got to be faithful and wise. He's like, I got to not screw it up so he doesn't send me to hell. Is that the motivation? I mean, oftentimes, that's the sermon that gets preached. This text gets ripped out of context, and and this is the message. You've been given much. You've been entrusted with more. So be faithful, be wise with the ministry God gave you. Do that. Is that the motivation? Is Is that the sermon that Jesus was preaching to his disciples, his followers? It's not. That's why we read the verses previous to this. Before we actually started reading 
Luke's gospel in chapter 12, Jesus, Jesus has another message for his, for his followers, his disciples. He says to them, why do you worry? Why do you worry about your life? No, 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 like who of you can add a single hour to your life? No, if none of you can do that little thing, why do you worry about everything else? Look, look, your heavenly father knows, he knows that you need food. He knows, he knows that you need clothing. He knows that you need all of these things. Therefore, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And look, I'm gonna give you everything else as well. And then Jesus finishes that message with this. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Let's talk about motivation. It is in the context of an anti-anxiety message. It is in context of a do not be afraid, do not worry message that Jesus wraps up by saying, don't be afraid. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom that Jesus then goes on to say, so be faithful and wise. Think about that. Think about that when it comes to our motivation for being faithful and wise stewards. Your father, he's pleased with you. Your father has been pleased to give you his kingdom, to just give you the house. He has given you the keys to the castle. He has given you everything. And think about just our parable for a moment. The master, he doesn't come to the servants and say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, right now, here's your chance to prove yourself. And if you do well now, then I'll bless you. Then I'll give you my love. No, no, he just says, here's the house. I'm gonna go away for a little bit. You guys take care of it while I'm gone. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He has given you the keys to the kingdom, the message of forgiveness. He has given you hope in Christ. He has given you the gospel. He has given you joy in him. And he says, have at it. Your father is pleased to give it to you. He's not like, oh gosh, I gotta leave this with somebody. Uh, You'll do. No, he is happy to give you everything. Think about that when it comes to your motivation. What is your motivation for being a faithful and wise steward? What's your motivation? How do you deal with the pressure of the fact that, yeah, God's asking a lot of you? It's this, we read it before. It's that out of God's glorious riches, he has, he is right now, and he will continue to strengthen you. Not in your power, but through his power in the Holy Spirit. He will strengthen you to be who he has called you to be, his daughters, his sons, his faithful and wise stewards. What is your motivation to be a faithful and wise steward? It is the fact that you will never be alone. Christ dwells within you. Christ who died for you, Christ who rose for you, Christ who lives on high and reigns and puts everything in its place so it works out for the good of those who love him, he's with you. And and not out of like fear, like he's looking over your shoulder, like you're messing it up, you better do it right. No, he he is with you through faith. His faithfulness, working faith in you, compelling you out of love to live for him. What's your motivation to be a faithful and wise steward? 
It's that we're joined together. You and me. All of the people here. We're joined together, connected by the love of Christ. Love that is so high, so deep, so wide, so long. A love that is unsearchable. A love that we could talk about for the rest of our lives and and never even begin to really have our minds wrapped around. And yet you know the unknowable. You know this love. You know the love that surpasses knowledge. And this is the love that you proclaim to one another. You encourage one another with. Why and how? Well, it's so that we are filled to the fullness of God. And out of that fullness of God, we just go. We just gather here around that love and then we just go. We go and we live out of that fullness as faithful and wise stewards of all that has God given us. That's our motivation for being faithful and wise stewards. And then get this. (laughs) We talked about prayers, (laughs) that prayers for our plans are what we commit to our God. How do you deal with the fact that, that God has asked quite a bit of you? Think about this. The one who asks much more of you, he's able to do more. He's able to do more than you could possibly think or imagine or ask of him. The one who has asked much more of you can do more than you can even ask. The one who asks much more of you is able to do immeasurably more than you could even ask. Friends, in just a few minutes, our church council is going to share with you our plans. I'm excited about them. This is a huge moment, a huge milestone for our church as we transition from doing ministry in a YMCA gymnasium to a full-time mission and ministry center. That's a big deal. We have huge plans. This is a huge moment. We're going to make a huge ask of your personal and financial investment in that. How do we deal with the pressure that much has been entrusted to you, it's remembering that, well, he's able to do more. And in fact, get this, he has already done more. He's done more than you could ask or imagine. He's given you his son. He's given you his son. And you couldn't have imagined that. We couldn't have asked for that, that his son would come for us to save us and redeem us and restore us. And that we couldn't ask or imagine that he would then give us his spirit and everything that we need to live life this side of heaven. And that he would give us heaven. We couldn't ask or imagine that. But he did that. He did all of that for his glory. I want you to picture this hypothetical. That someone just leaves their kids with you. They they trust you with that. Think about what that's saying about that parent's heart for you. You might be nervous at first. Maybe you're a little out of practice. But think about what that is saying about how they feel towards you. They love you. They trust you. That is the Father's heart for you. Friends, this is his word to you. He says that from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. That is God's word 
to you who has entrusted you with much. But never forget that just before that, he said this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Your father's actually pleased to entrust you with much. Don't be afraid that the plans that we have in order to carry out the stewardship of his kingdom, they're committed to one who is able to do it immeasurably more than you could even think about. And so when this question comes to you, who then is the faithful and wise steward? Friends, with confidence, say, I am. We are. We are the faithful and wise stewards of all that God has entrusted to us. And why? It's not because our place is so special or our plans are so strong or our people are so smart. It's nothing to do with our power, but it's because of his power. His power that is at work in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.